message today. Who am I without the fire? Who am I without the fire? So I was called to pastor this, this particular church right here. And, and some people means that means you're endowed with something and, and you do have a certain anointing on your life, but I know that I can't do it without the anointing, right? I know that I can't do it without the zeal that God gives me. I know I can't do it without the, without the fire of God on my life, right? So we need the fire just to follow him. It's not just for the pastors. We all need to have the fire. You notice that my voice is a little scratchy sound this morning. My wife doesn't like to sleep with a humidifier on, but I need one apparently. So However, um, we need the fire of God just to be able to follow him, right? Just to be able to, to live the Christian lifestyle that we're supposed to live and live in that all the time, right? So I was burdened down this week. Everybody has weeks like that, right? It's not just me. I was burdened. Brother Adam, you're messing me up sitting on that side, but I, I'm glad to see you over there. I was burdened down this week. It was already Thursday, and I came in, and I was laying on the floor right here in the aisle, and I was praying to God, and I, and I, was, I, I had a message for, for Wednesday already, but Thursday came around, and I didn't even have a topic. A lot of times God gives me a topic early on or weeks in advance for what I'm going to preach about on, on a particular Sunday. Um, I have some other sermons already started for weeks, but I didn't know what he wanted me to preach about this week. And then he, I, I was laying here thinking that I'm totally dependent on God. But if I, if, if the truth be known is, if I was totally dependent on God, I wouldn't have been stressed out about it. Y'all relate to that? Sometimes we think we're relying on God, but if you think if if you're truly relying on God completely and totally dependent on Him, you won't be stressed out about it anyway. It won't even matter to you. You can come up till Sunday morning, and I can walk up here and not even worry about it if I was really totally dependent on God. But I was stressed out, right? Because I didn't have this topic this week. I have a lot of things going on outside of here also, but but I, I'm dependent on God to an extent. I've gotten better about it instead of trying to depend on myself to depend on Him, right? But I can still see the deadline coming. I can still see there's going to be a Sunday morning, and you all are still going to be sitting here looking at me, and you're going to expect me to have something profound or something to say to you that's going to speak to you and minister to you, right? So I, I know that I have to get these things done, but at the same time, I have to depend on him. Does that make sense to you all? So I see this deadline coming, but I'm, so I know that I, I have to depend on him, but I'm still weighted down by the responsibility of it. I'm still responsible to get up here and deliver, right? With God, God has, God has to be there in it or it's going to be nothing anyway. I have to be totally dependent on him. Does that make sense? Yeah. I have to be totally dependent on him, but I'm not real good about doing it. That's why I'm trying to be transparent for you today because we all live right here, right? I'm still weighted down by the responsibility. So when I'm laying here on the floor and I'm praying about it, the spirit quickens me and he reminds me, think about Moses. Think about Moses when he, he was leading the whole, the whole nation of Israel, two million people. Think about all the stuff that he had on his plate. Right? And what did he do? He went back to God and said, Lord, I need some more. I need a fresh fire inside of, he, uh, inside of me. So I went back and looked it up. It's Exodus chapters 32 through 34. You should read it. It's, this is the part where I'm not going to read it all to you today because it's three chapters, obviously, and they're pretty long chapters. But it's after Moses said God had chosen Moses and he led the people, the, the nation of Israel, out of Egypt, right? And, and he goes up on the mountain, Mount Sinai, and he's praying and he's, he's spending his time with God. And, and God writes with his finger in the tablets and he gives him the Ten Commandments, right? And Moses comes back down and he sees what's going on. God tells him, you better get back down there with those people before. Before I, before I have to kill him, right? So Moses goes on down there, and, and he, as soon as he walks up, the first thing Moses rolls up on is they're standing there with a golden calf, and they're worshiping this calf. So I can imagine he goes over and says to his brother Aaron, who he left in charge, hey, brother, what's going on with these people, and what are you all doing here with this golden calf? So the first thing that Aaron does is tells him a lie, right? In, in Exodus 32 and 24, it says, well, I took all the earrings and things of the people, and I threw it in the fire, and poof, out pops this golden calf. So we just started to worship it because we didn't know when you were coming back, right? 
All this happened while Moses was up laying in front of God, spending his time with God. So he, he gets, I imagine, frustrated and upset, and he throws the tablets down on the ground. You all know the story. <coughs> then he has to end up going back and, and, uh, and asking God for, to, to show him more of him, right? So Moses asked God to show him more of him to, to set a fresh fire after he broke the tablets, right? But Moses had already saw the burning bush. Think about it. We think we're supposed to be farther along than Christians as we are, and we think that we're in trouble somehow because we still struggle. We still have struggles, and we expect more of ourselves, but we have to really be totally dependent on God. We have to go back to him sometimes and say, Lord, what you've given me and what you've equipped me with, I thank you for that because I wouldn't have made it this far without what you've already done for me. But I got to push forward, Lord, and to do that, I'm going to need more of you. I'm going, to need me, I'm, going to, I'm going to need a fresh fire with you. I'm going to need you to show yourself off to me again. Right? Moses already seen a burning bush. Have any of you all ever seen a burning bush? Because I haven't, right? And I'm trying to walk in this thing. But imagine walking out one day and you're in the woods and, and, and I'm out in my backyard, I can picture, and this bush is blazing with the fire and it's got flowers and things on it, but the flowers don't wilt and the leaves are still green. And nothing happens. You all seen a plant when it burns, a green plant when it burns, right? The, the leaves kind of wilt up, the fires will shrivel up, and then it, it, it gets to where it has no moisture content, in, and then it blazes. Just, I mean, it's just a brush fire. Imagine seeing this, but it's not being consumed. It's still standing there. Flowers on the bush are beautiful. The leaves, there's nothing wrong with them. They're not, they're not withered. They're, they're not dehydrated. Nothing's wrong with this bush at all. And God's voice comes out of the bush. Moses had already seen this, and yet he was still... Needed more, right? He saw, remember, what, remember the story when he said, God said, put your hand inside your cloak, Moses. And he put his hand in his cloak, and he said, pull it back out. And he pulled it back out, and it was white with leprosy, an incurable disease at this time, right? White with leprosy. And he said, put it back in there, Moses. And he did it, and he pulled it back. Moses already saw this happen. He already see his body, leprosy on his own body, and then, and then it cured, right? Moses saw the plagues. Think about how great the plagues was when God said, Moses, you go down there and tell them this is going to happen, this and this and this is going to happen. Each day he went back and said, this is going to happen. He'd already had the faith to do these and stand in front of the Pharaoh who could have had him killed. Are you following me? For anyone, he could, he could have had him killed if he just didn't like the way he looked on that day. But he came to the Pharaoh and del delivered to him <coughs> all these days of the plagues, devastating news. Think about this. If you were leading this country, you wouldn't want to hear there's going to be locusts coming to devour everything, right? You've got to explain to these people how you're going to feed them. Think about that. He's, the Pharaoh, he may be in charge, but he's got to keep all the people appeased. Yeah? They could overrun him. There's a bunch of them, I'm sure. However, so he's got to go give the Pharaoh all this news. He's already seen these things, right? He's already seen God provide for 2 million people food laying out on the ground in manna. Moses already seen these things. Think about that, how much, just, just the sheer quantity of the food that it would take to feed 2 million people. Some of you all have large families. Think about how the groceries that you go through. Now think about if they were just laying out on the ground for 2 million people, right? The water, this is the one that I can't get over. I just can't get past this. The weight of the water, just the weight of it, of the water that it would take to water 2 million people and their animals. Eight pounds a gallon, two million of them. Think about that. If they only use one gallon a day, that's eight million pounds or sixteen million pounds. Think about the mass of that. And this rock followed them around. wasn't just at one place where they had to go back to it. It followed them around, and the water wasn't just good drinking water. It was good cold drinking water. Are you following me? 
Moses had already seen all these things, yet he struggled. Church, we've seen some things. We've had, just like she, she testified about this morning, we've had some experiences. We've had some firsthand experiences. We know that we know that we know that God is real. We know that he's in control. We know he's large and in charge, right? We know he's the God of the universe. We know he created us. But sometimes we just need a little extra. Sometimes we have to have another encounter with him. <coughs> we know that Moses, <coughs> excuse me, we know that Moses had a relationship with God. We did. He went up on the mountain. He spent days. He was gone for how many days that, that when he came back, they didn't even know what happened to him. They thought maybe a mountain lion ate him or, or whatever, whatever reason that they had that they thought he was gone for too long, right? But he still needed to be strengthened. He still needed a fresh fire. Church, sometimes we need a fresh fire. Sometimes we need our fire rekindled, right? Maybe we're not living in sin. Maybe we're not necessarily doing anything wrong. But we're just drugged down sometimes. Sometimes we get frustrated. Sometimes we need a little extra jolt from God, right? Moses was worn out. He was frustrated. He was probably, I'm sure, that Moses was overwhelmed. Think about it. When God called him into this calling, he didn't feel like he was worthy of the call. He said, oh, no, Lord, I stutter. I've got, he started telling God all the reasons why he couldn't do these things. So he didn't feel worthy of the job anyway. He, did, he didn't step up into it because he knew that he was worthy of it. And then he gets out on this thing, and then all these people are revolting. Can you imagine being in charge of two million people? Can you even imagine that? Lord, please don't give us that many people here. I say that, but that, you get what I'm saying. That would, I'm sure he was overwhelmed. I'm sure he was. Church, people are kind of like, God gave me this while I was laying on the floor this, morning, this week too. People are kind of like traffic. Think about traffic when you get out in traffic. I'm amazed by even at nighttime sometimes if you go into the city, there'll be two or three lanes of cars going each direction and just car after car after car. Where are they all going to? Why are they all on the road at 8 o'clock at night even? I mean, I'm amazed by that sometimes. But but people are kind of like traffic. We're all going somewhere. We're all headed someplace, right? Some of us are free flow. Imagine when, when you're out on a country road and you're just driving along. It's peaceful sometimes. Sometimes it can be exhilarating. Sometimes it's just a good time just to get out, especially when it's early in the springtime and you can roll your window down. It's the first fresh air you've had of the year. You all know what I'm talking about. It's beautiful outside. The sun's shining and you're just driving in your car. I can just feel like I'm a teenager again sometimes when that's going on. So sometimes this traffic is free flowing and it's peaceful and sometimes it's a great thing, right? But sometimes when you're in a jam, think about it. When you're sitting in a traffic jam and those cars are out there and they're lined up one after another and your exit can be right there. It can be right there. I can see the exit ramp, but I can't get to it because they're just bumper to bumper. It can be stressful. People get angry in traffic. Think about it. Life is like this. We, we can be peaceful and we can have joy of the Lord and we can be free flowing and everything can be great or we can be stressed out, right? We can be angry. People, people have the, the road rage and, and, and that deal all the time. But what's your purpose in life? We're, we're, we're all going and, and we're coming and, and we're all doing things, but what's your purpose? What are you here for? Think about this today. I don't expect you to answer me, but just think about this. Where are you going in all the hustle and bustle of life and all the things that we have going on, right? Where are you headed to? Think about it. Where are you headed to? And when's the last time you led someone to the Lord? That's the big one. If you've been with Christ very long, When's the last time you've led someone? Lord, all of us who've been with God for very long, we've led people to God. But how long has it been? 
Layla, that was a great testimony this morning. You said She said she was looking for somebody to minister to. She was praying for somebody to minister to. Church, when's the last time you were praying for somebody to minister to? Are we just getting hung up in the hustle and bustle of life? Are we just being overwhelmed? Are we just being burdened down? Is that how it is with us, right? God knows all about what you're going through. Anything that could possibly be happening in your life right now, you all know it. He already knows. He already knows. So turn to him. And our example, Moses, he turns to God. Let me show you this. Exodus 33, 18 through 23. <clears throat> and he said, please, Moses said, please show me your glory. Please, even though he had a relationship, he'd already seen all these things, he still had to come back to Bethel with God. He had to come back to God again and say, please, Lord, show me your glory. Then he, God said, I will make you all I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. <coughs> but he said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. <clears throat> and the Lord said, here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock. 22. So it shall be while my glory passes by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and I will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Think about how big God is. That he can put a man in there and cover that man. Makes me feel like we're about this tall to him, doesn't it? He can cover you with his hand to protect you. Protect you from his glory when his glory passes by and then we'll learn that Moses sees his back. Come on, sis, you got 23? <clears throat> then I will take my hand take away my hand and you shall see my back but my face shall not be seen you can't see his face because you die from it but he, he lets Moses see his glory his back Exodus 34 28 through 35 says this so while Moses is up here and this is going on right so he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights he neither ate bread nor drank water and he wrote on the and he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant the Ten Commandments. So he was up there getting this done again, and he was fasting and he was praying, right? And this brought me to mind of, of a sermon that God, God gave me one time, and it, it was titled, The Sheep Are Going to Feed on Something, right? Because God puts a pastor over the sheep, and, and the sheep are going to feed on something. And I, and I looked up a bunch of qualities of sheep. So do you know that sheep graze seven hours a day, seven or eight hours a day? We're all sheep, right? We're eating on something. When we're living in the world, when we're out in that hustle and bustle, when we're being like that traffic, when we're out there and, and, and life's happening, we're feeding on something, right? You know that God also gave a sheep a narrow mouth. He, he compared us to sheep so we can make these connections, right? He gave a sheep a narrow mouth to be selective in what he eats. Not to eat the weeds, but only to go through there and pick out the good pieces of the grass that are nourishing for him, right? Church, what are we feeding on? We're feeding on something. All the time we're feeding on something. What do you have 29 says now it was so when Moses came down from the Mount Sinai and the two tablets of the of the testimony were in Moses hand when he came down from the mountain that Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone while he talked with God it shone this word shone right here in the Greek in, in the Hebrew means to shine or to send out rays he didn't need a battery God was his battery. God had Moses on full charge. Moses went back and said, Lord, please show me your glory. Please give me another dose, Lord. And his face actually emitted light. Can you, can you wrap your head around that? His face was glowing, right? 
It was emitting light. He didn't need a flashlight anymore. He could go out in the dark and see where he was going, right? He had a headlight permanently. So Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses. Behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. Right? Sometimes people should be afraid to come near us, church, when our God's showing off in us so strongly. Then Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned to him, and Moses talked to them. Afterward, all the children of Israel came near, and he gave them, as, gave them as commandments all the Lord had spoken with him on Mount Sinai. We're going to 35. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put the veil on his face. So he had to put the veil on his face, and let's read 34, we'll, we'll get the rest of it. But whenever Moses went back, went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the veil off until he came out, and he would come out and speak to the children of Israel whether he had been, or whether he had been commanded. Do you have 35? And whenever the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone, then Moses would put the veil on his face again until he went in to speak with him. So he had to wear the veil on his face when he went in around man, right? Because the glory of the Lord was shining on Moses' face. His batteries were charged. It was on full display. And then he would take that thing back off and go in the presence of the Lord, right? <clears throat> God is so good to us. The enemy, though, church... When we get in this place where we're kind of overwhelmed and, and life's happening, the enemy would love to jump on us. He'd love to attack us, right? He'd love to tell us a lie and get us to believe it, right? He'd love to go ahead and just shovel it on. When you get down in a hole, he'd like to just shovel it on and pile it on top of you, right? Think about how Moses felt when he threw those tablets down. God wrote this thing out for him with his finger, and he got so outraged that he threw these tablets down. Think about that. <clears throat> Some of you here today probably feel like giving up, right? Let me ask you this. Where would you give up to? How are you doing when you came to God? But most of us here today have been around, we've been in this valley before. I don't know who this message is for. I know it spoke to me, but I'm sure it's for somebody else too. We've been in this valley, valley before, and we know better. We know that there's no giving up. We know that there's no giving in. We know that we've just got to press into God more. God wants you to know today, though, just come back to him. Matthew 11 and 28 says this. <clears throat> Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's what he was speaking to us. If you're, if you're weighted down today, if you're burdened down, if life feels like it's getting the best of you some days, he says, come to me. Even though you've been close to him before, look at Moses. doesn't matter what you've seen, what you've been through, how real you know that you know that you know that God's real. What a better time to step back to him and say, Lord, I just need you to give me a recharge. Lord, I just need to see your glory again. Lord, I just need more of you in my life. I can't continue to do this on my own. Maybe I've been relying on myself a little more than I should have been, God. Please forgive me of that, Lord. And I need you to show me, show me your glory again. Make my face shown, right? God wants you to succeed. God wants you to flourish. He wants all of us to flourish, not just get by, not just be heading somewhere, not just, not just go into some place. He wants us to flourish. We're his people. We're his children. He wants you to flourish, right? He loves you. He loves each and every one of us. He wants greater for us. Think about this. If your children came to you today and said, Dad, I've just been overwhelmed in this. 
I've been hurting here maybe. I've been relying on myself too much. I know that you've got the answers, Lord. Dad, Dad would you just show me today what it is I need to be doing, where it is I need to be going? Think about this. What would you do? I'd pick my kid up, and I'd put him up on my lap. If they're small still, he put his hand over Moses. I can picture he can just pick me up real easy. And I'd set me up on his lap, and I'd love on him. Church, he wants to love on us today. He wants to love on us today. He wants us to succeed. He wants us to flourish. Could we all come to the altar today? Just give God a little time. If that's you today and you've been relying on yourself a little too much, maybe there's been a little distance between you and God, could we get it right today? Could we do that today? Everybody, play, play a song for us, would you, babe? <clears throat> there's no hurry here today. It's only 